Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and we are so grateful to God that he left us an overwhelming amount of evidence about the birth of his son Jesus, his death and resurrection. I'm excited today to get a chance to chat with the producer of a movie that's coming out that you're going to be excited to hear about. It's called God of God of Heaven and Earth. It's coming to theaters November 5. Is today? Why is it today the third? Today would be the the, uh, third. So we're two days away, but that's exciting, (laughs) and I'm so glad because when we think of the the evidence, um, and we now we're going to talk about some of the the um, the research, not only that is being offered uh, just biblically, but also some of the uh, results from research that we can find through technology and everything else. And we're going to have a nice discussion with, uh, again, the producer, Elliot Wallach. Elliot, welcome. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, so uh, first of all, awesome idea, great movie, and thank you for uh, spending time. I'm curious because uh, in the synopsis of the movie, because I haven't seen the movie, so I'm counting on you to fill in all the details, that sure. the um, we're going to start talking about the compelling evidence as to what the Star of Bethlehem what it really was, and what the Magi really saw that caused them to travel more than 700 miles to Israel. Yeah, well, you know, if you're if you're like me, Bill, you can remember all the different variety of the nativity scenes and just the different ways that the star has been introduced. And in, 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 just even in movies, it always seems like it's like a like a police helicopter or something going through <laughs> a bad neighborhood, like a bright light. Exactly. You know. And, you know, and it's, I think the thing is, is when you're really going to read the Bible and the biblical narrative and go, okay, as as this is really true, there's, there's some things this has to do. The star has to present some kind of message that would cause wise men to, to decide, okay, this means I'm supposed to go to Israel. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to probably go to one of the most dangerous men that ever lived. And that being, you know, King Herod and tell him, you know, we we're here to, we want to meet the King of the Jews. We want to worship him. I mean, what was it that they saw that would cause them to make that kind of a journey, to make that kind of a statement? And then the the Bible says that once they pointed it out, that it pretty much terrified everybody there to the extent that Herod decided he would err on the side of caution and just kill everybody. Just if there was a child in Bethlehem that might have fit the bill, he just decided to to kill the child. Mm-hmm. What did they show him? And then the Bible goes on to say that, you know, they they were they were directed go to Bethlehem and then when they went to go there, they saw the star hanging over Bethlehem. That is, that's really, you can see where an atheist would look at that and go, you guys are nuts. You know, the stars don't just hang over town or it's no wonder they'd go, maybe it was an alien, you know, or some (laughs) of the crazy things that people come up with. Mm -hmm. And what's incredible is that it is a very, very plausible explanation as to this is what the sky looked like at this point in time. And this is what the sky, you could see where these men 
that would be studying the sky under completely different conditions than we have today, where the lights would be, you know, there would be no light pollution or pollution for that matter, where they would be used to looking at the sky and seeing what was happening and extrapolating a message from it. Now, this isn't like astrology. This is astronomy. And that's what's the most fascinating. You know, you can take and look and I could, there's software where I can say, this is what the sky would have looked like in you know, in Israel or in Babylon or Bethlehem, you know, in these particular years. And that's what, that's what's so fascinating because it's just, it's, it's just evidence. It's not extrapolation. It's not, it's not, it's evidence. This is what was happening. People can make their own choices. I personally am extremely convinced that we now know what the star of Bethlehem was. You know, and what's so remarkable about this is that now we know when to look. It doesn't matter where to look if you don't know when to look. And now we know that the sky, if you can look at this and, okay, this is the star of Bethlehem. Now we can actually come up with a specific crucifixion date because of the evidence, the evidence that we, you know, the, the, the clues that we see in the Bible. And also we know that this is when the, the time when the star of Bethlehem would, and then we come up with a crucifixion date of April 3rd, 33 AD. And I'm kind of excited to tell you about it because you said you haven't seen it. So here's what happens without big spoiler alert at the end of the movie, we go on location to Israel. Is there anything else now that we know when to look? Matthew 27 talks about an earthquake that when Christ was crucified, mm-hmm. there was an earthquake and it caused the soldier to be so astounded by it. He said those famous words, surely this was the son of God. And guess what? Provable. And I did say provable. There was an earthquake in Jerusalem in 33 AD. And the, the very fact that I can even make that statement is crazy because I can't tell you whether a, an earthquake happened in Minneapolis or Spokane or Ritzville or, or uh, San Francisco in any specific year, but I can in Jerusalem because God set it up with just this remarkable situation where you can actually date earthquakes in Jerusalem to a specific year, the most most important earthquake in, in the history of earthquakes, and we can date it to a specific year. And it happens to agree with the science that we find in astronomy. It's amazing. Wow. Amazing. Elliot Wallach is my guest. He's the producer of a movie, God of Heaven and Earth. Now, Elliot, give me a little bit of background on you, because is when you did research on this, is this science and technology coming together in a beautiful way? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, the thing that's the thing is, I cannot take credit. I cannot take credit for the research. You know, my my background, Bill, is that I've been in this business, the movie business, for about twenty years. But the beginning of it was promoting films. In fact, I I, I was disappointed because I, I recognized Wyatt. I recognize you. You know, we used to handle all of the faith-based publicity for 20th Century Fox. And so I did all the the PR, like on the, everything from the Passion of the Christ, even to movies like The Help for, for Disney. And that's about when I came across Rick Larson. Rick Larson is the man that really spearheaded this, uh, this amazing science. And he's just one of those guys that I think people, people always have somebody like this in their life, just this real, you know, cerebral, just this, this incredibly intelligent human being that could have been a neurologist or an astronaut or a lawyer. He ended up becoming a lawyer, but he was also an extreme man of faith. And he was working in his church, teaching new Christians about basically external evidences found in the Bible. And he found this theory about what the star of Bethlehem was just because of the nature of the man that he is, he deep dived into it and his knowledge of scripture, he recognized things that other people hadn't seen, put together a presentation, and pretty soon he was requested all over the world. I mean, literally, the, the man had traveled all over Europe, all over the place, showing people what the Star of Bethlehem was. And this is what people are going to see in this film 
is decades in the making, absolute decades in the making. And then that's when he decided, is there anything else? Is there any other, let's call it a scientific witness to see if, if, to see if this is true. Is there any more scripture that I can prove? And then that's when he went and found that lo and behold, he'd established a crucifixion date of 33 AD. And oh my goodness, there was an earthquake in Jerusalem in 33 AD. And it's like the only possible suspect if you, when you, if you, if you, when you see the science of how they identify these earthquakes, you know, it's, it's super exciting to be a part of the whole thing because that's my, per, my personal faith journey is to find, you know, is to basically, I had to be compelled through evidence to really understand the validity of scripture. Until I just did not have the faith to believe anything, but Jesus was who he said he was, and that's the son of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I certainly don't have the faith to believe that an aardvark can turn into a stockbroker over either. 4 billion years. You know, yeah, I, I, I don't have, that's, that's, that's the faith. I don't have the faith that strong. Yeah. I don't know how they come, you know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, this is going to be spectacular. The, the star of Bethlehem uh, and what, what the Magi really saw. Uh, can you give some descriptors without giving too much away? Because yeah, it, well, it, there's got to yeah, be a I, lot of superlative words you're going to use. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think you know the thing that they the thing that I think it's important to understand is it's nothing like what people expect. It's not. It's almost God's signature that he took. He took pieces. You know what you're going to say: planets and stars, and he took and it almost like he almost like used the planet as like a ballpoint pen. It's incredible to <laughs> yeah. take and point out, you know, one of our, our taglines has been God's signature in the sky. And then when you bring in the earthquake, it's almost God's signature through time. And what I find even the most astounding about it is when you have these wise men gathering a message that they see in the sky that says, you know, in a variety of ways, king of Jerusalem or of king of Israel, rather, and the, the tribe of Judah and all this that people will see. And then, then from there, then it goes on to express, you know, uh, you know, birth. And then that's when these guys just, just took off. Mm -hmm. And, but the big thing is, is, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll give you this spoiler, because this is almost just too astounding that when you take and you talk about a star hanging over a town and how that ended up working. And again, it's pure science. People can go, they can get the same software and they can see it happen. But the most incredible thing is the day, the day that this happened was by our calendar, December 25th. Like check that out. They didn't even have that calendar, but they can look back and you can see, you'll be able to see in this film and watch the star stop on December 25th, almost like a sign, like a message to all of us. You know, it there's it depends how much coincidence people can stand. Because mm -hmm. at yeah. some point there's just so much coincidence that it just becomes undeniable. But then and then from there, you know, <laughs> like I say, when you when you take and you have two completely different scientific disciplines intersecting in agreement, you know, that when you're gonna take and and look at the because the earthquake part to me is is really almost as astounding. You know, the, it, it, it's hard not to be astounded by the star because this means if if this is correct and people watch it and then they buy into the evidence, but you will definitely, like I say, you'll see it's an absolute fact. That means that God set all of this in motion at the very beginning when he spoke the universe into existence and just cast everything into motion. That means that he knew the 
the the birth of Jesus. And as you'll turn out, it's not just a star. It's like a celestial poem Mm -hmm. that goes all the way up into his death and crucifixion, you know, and ultimately, as we know, his resurrection. But that that's what's so astounding. That's the part where it's like, how much coincidence can, can you stand? Because when you see what God did to the sky at the at the moment of the death of his son, you will be in that theater and there will you will not hear a sound. It will be so mind boggling when you watch what happened. You know, when I saw it, it almost made me feel the sentimentality of God because nobody else in that moment could have seen it, what he did. And it's only now that we can show it because of the science that I don't want to give that away because it's, it's, I want people to have that experience when sure. they see it. They'll know exactly what I'm talking about an hour into the movie. And I'm, I, you know, I'm telling you right now, nobody's going to be chewing popcorn. It is going to be, everybody's going to be stunned, you know, after that. And then from there, it's to, to go on and just to, you know, to cur- confirm it, you know, with the, um you know, with the earthquake. Mm-hmm. Elliot, talk a little bit about from the time span between when the star of Bethlehem appeared in the sky and when the wise men visited Jesus. Yeah, well, it's a really the you're again you're gonna um, you're gonna gonna, when you see the movie, it takes a little bit of time to explain it. Sure, you know, but we're looking at you know that you're gonna end up starting at about September, and then the following year in June would have been about the birth and then you're and then the wise men would have been coming and meeting with Herod around that following November. You know, it's never like, again, what we always see. And then it always cracks up when you see the nativity scene, because it's like everybody's invited to the party. And if anybody's had a child and, you know, and I've had two, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know how excited Mary would be, be like, okay, there's the shepherds and you got the donkey and oh, look, the wise men are here. Everybody's here. Hooray. You know, it's, it wasn't like that. You know, when, and even when, when I talk about December 25th, that's really not the date of, of the birth of Jesus. I mean, he would have been like a toddler, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, like a young one. And so it, it's, and that's why we say it's, it's not like just specifically that, that point in the sky. It was like a signature, you know, that happened over the course of time. And I love the verse that says, you know, if you seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. And I find it so amazing that these these wise men, and I can definitely looking back now in, in retrospect, understand why you would call them wise, that they were looking and looking intently just in belief and faith. And then they were rewarded for that. You know, one of the things that I, I love about the film myself is that nobody else would have recognized what was happening. Again, Herod had to have this explained to him. So it's not like what they what we show see in the movies, like I said, like a big supernova or a comet. You know, he had to have it explained to him. The only people that were really appreciating that moment were the wise men. I love the idea of God moving the very universe for this select group of men that were seeking him. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's the God that we have. You know, we always think, you know, Jesus, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But the reality is God loves everybody to an individual level. You know, when, when that earthquake happened at the moment of Christ's death to anybody hanging out in Jerusalem, maybe their wedding, whatever, they would have been like, whoa, you know, did you feel that? Wow. Wow. That was a big one. You know, but it was to that one soldier standing there in the context of Christ's death, that it was him. God literally shook the world for him. And then the people with him in that moment to mark the death of his son, you know, and then from there, you know, they, they go and they, you know, he goes back to the barracks. He tells people, however it was. His testimony eventually, you know, read, reached Matthew and, you know, or there'd be from John or however, but it wasn't like it was 
to everybody. And even the star unto itself, it wasn't like everybody recognized it. When it was hanging over Bethlehem, it was to the wise men it was hanging over Bethlehem because they were the ones that were in that direction. They were they were going from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, and then that's where the star was hanging over them. And they took it. They were the Bible even says how excited they were. They took it as a sign to who? To them. To them. Mm-hmm. I love that God is a God of the individual. God made the entire universe, but it wasn't how he wanted it without you in it. Mm-hmm. I just love that about about God. You know, that he must have been he must have been loving that, you know, just to see these guys excited about what he had done. It's just marvelous. Yeah. Elliot, I, I love your enthusiasm. You're doing a great yeah. job of presenting our excitement about this movie, God of Heaven and Earth. So far, the only thing I find negative is that you say that the movie is so gripping, you're not going to want to eat popcorn. And a lot of people want to eat popcorn. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of nervous popcorn <laughs> eaters out there. And I, you know, and I, I'm not trying to offend anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not judging. Who am uh, I to judge? Who are you to judge? Servant? You know, I'm I know not that. Judge another man's servant. Exactly. Eat, eat, eat your popcorn. And oh, love. I love yeah. it. Yeah, no, buttered I, or unbuttered. I, I love yeah. movies like that that are so gripping. You really, you can't do anything but just stare at the at the screen. That's that's really a great movie. So let me take a break and come back. Uh, lots more with uh, Elliot Wallach, my guest. His uh, movie is God of Heaven and Earth. Comes out November fifth and sixth. You can learn more about it at God of Heaven and Earth Film. Dot com, God of Heaven and Earth Film dot com. If you have a question or comment about the movie and let me know what it is, you can text it over 877 933 2484. If you'd like to know more about what it means to begin a relationship with Christ, or to chat with someone about it, just text the word FAITH to 41224. Elliot Wallach is my guest today, producer of God of Heaven and Earth, a movie coming out November 5th and 6th. You can learn more about that at godofheavenandearthfilm.com. Uh, Elliot, did, uh, did Tim Mahoney direct... Oh, no, no, Tim. The only thing that Tim Mahoney has to do with the film is that they've created this uh, initiative called the Bible Cinema Roadshow. Okay. And that's just a a consistent, regular offering, really trying to bring films to the theater. And he opens up that initiative, and we're so appreciative of, of all of his help uh, with God of Heaven and Earth. And, you know, the big reason is, is uh, you know, uh, Tim is in agreement with this, that basically – you know, that that if so many people are watching movies all the time, whether, you know, think about how much people are streaming. I mean, when I, I was young, it was, you had four channels. That was it. You right. actually kind of had to, your choice was spend time with my family or Lawrence Welk. And quite <laughs> often we would spend time with the family. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, there's so much out there. And the reality is, is that these are the new temples of today. And the people putting content here, they're like the high priests. We have to have a presence. We can't just wait to impact people with what I consider the most powerful art form ever created by man and just wait for it to be shown into a church. You know, somebody probably has an uncle or something. He would jump into a pool of piranha before you could get him to go to church. Mm -hmm. But this is like, but he loves the Discovery Channel, loves mystery, loves History Channel. This is great because this is a, you can bring him to the theater. He's going to be riveted. He's going to be fascinated. You know, he can, you can leave the theater an evangelist or an atheist, but you don't get to leave the theater unconvinced that an earthquake happened in 33 AD. 
Yeah. You just you and, just can't. And you could say to that uncle, now, uncle, science and technology reveal an astounding amount of evidence declaring the most pivotal event in history. Are you interested? And he might say, oh, yeah, I might be interested. And, right. And there's a door. There's an open door for the uncle who might be pushing back. Yeah, you know, it it speaks to me so much because, you know, I was in the military. I joined with a really good friend of mine since junior high. And we were all, we had very, a lot of similarities, both computer guys, video game, you know, all that. And then we ended up uh, born in the same hospital, like 1500 miles away. And halfway through our tour, he got stationed in Kansas. I was in Louisiana. He got activated to desert storm, like 700,000 other people did, but there were about a hundred combat deaths. And unfortunately he was one of them. And it impacted me greatly. That veil of like immortality was completely pierced. And I knew in that moment, I needed to know what was true. I needed to know what Lee was experiencing. And I wanted, if there was a God, I wanted to be compelled by, by evidence. If it was true, it should be able to have evidence. And that's what ultimately led me to a much stronger faith than just, just what was written on my dog tags. And I love the idea that, you know, if, if Uncle Bob or whoever, if he sees this, you may not have to say anything to him. I hope the Holy Spirit says something to him. Yeah, that no he's kidding. Gonna, it just finally, it's just like, it just becomes, you just don't have the faith not to believe anymore. It's just so overwhelming. If somebody, again, if they can believe an aardvark could turn into a stockbroker, it shouldn't require that much evidence to get them to maybe go a different direction. Mm-hmm. The reason I bring up Tim, and I don't know if you know this, Elliot, but uh, Tim is a longtime friend of mine. We went to high school together. Get out of town. Yeah. You know where all the body. You know where all the bodies are buried. Oh, you bet um, I do. You bet I do. <laughs> no, Tim is such a sweet guy. You know, it reminds me of another friend that you know. It's like if God made Adam out of a out of dust, he <laughs> might have made like Tim Mahoney out of Adam's teddy bear or something. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's a really nice, yeah. sweet gentleman with a with a with a huge heart to again. And this is where him and I are just so similar. Just about bringing, you know, bringing God's word to people through film. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, and I think Tim's actually more, much more of a music guy than I am. You know, you might be that way too. And like having a thousand albums in your thousand songs in your playlist, I sincerely probably own a thousand movies. Oh, wow. And that's where, yeah. I mean, and like, if we get trapped in an elevator and if you want to talk music, I'm going to be like nodding a lot and maybe I'll have 10 minutes to contribute, but movies, I could talk about them all day. And, you know, and that's, that to me is the idea that, you know, if you take like, say, what's the most, you know, successful faith-based film of all time. You know, people might say the passion of the Christ, and it'd be a reasonable guess. It was seventh highest grossing film in U.S. history, like $370 million. But when you really factor in inflation, the reality is the most successful financially would have been the Ten Commandments. In today's dollars, it would would have done over a billion dollars, mm-hmm. a billion. And that was like in 1959. Then you have uh, The Robe and you have um, Ben-Hur. Between 1950. Three in 1959, in today's dollars, those three movies would have generated almost three billion dollars. Wow! And and the question wow. begs, like, well, where what, what happened in the 60s? Don't they like money? You know, everybody's always like, we gotta, you know, send a message to Hollywood. You know, Christians have money; it's accepted everywhere. You know, but the reality is, you people make the movies they want to watch. I think it's really important to support filmmakers like Tim, like myself. You know, because you know the the reality is we're trying to, you're trying to impact people with film in the same way that sometimes you can take the most powerful art from ever created by man and you can impact people horribly with it. And, you know, I think if you're going to say, what's the most successful faith-based film of all time, if you're going to talk impact and you're going to talk exposure, I think it's, um, it's a wonderful life. 
because everybody saw that movie. In yeah. fact, when I was a kid, it was like every every channel showed that thing like 10 times a day. But how many people, I mean, nobody takes and watches It's a Wonderful Life and then robs a liquor store on the way home. You know, I mean, it like makes you, you know, appreciate your family, appreciate mm-hmm. your friends, love your life. You know, that that to me, it just really, for me, it just always hung with me as such an awesome example of what of what a movie can do. It's so timeless. It just keeps going. It just endears like Christmas, yeah. you know, every Christmas. When you, you talk know? about the Ten Commandments, I know Cecil B. DeMille, who directed that, was not a Christian, but he did say something pretty profound, which I've never forgotten. He said, the director of the Ten Commandments, he said, you can't break the Ten Commandments. You can only break yourself against them. Wow. Well, that sounds like somebody, you know, somebody need to invite him to their life group. I mean, he yeah, no seems kidding. like he's awfully, awfully close. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's so funny. It must have how how interesting that must have felt to Charlton Heston. It's like, no, we can't do a faith based film. Charlton Heston's not available. Um, <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, how, how did he miss the robe? I mean, what happened? Exactly. But, I met Heston yeah, once. It was really a thrill. Yeah, I mean, you you wonder like even when when somebody is in a movie like that, how much it has to impact them, you know? And you know the, the you know the idea of of watching something like that on the big screen, even if it's, you know, even when I, when I watch the 10 commandments, I, I, I always, I, I'm one that I really wish they would have like adhered even to the source material. Mm-hmm. I just think the Bible is so awesome on its own. I don't think we really have to deviate and take so much literary license. You know, and of course, when you see other movies, like, you know, like, you know, disappointments, like, you know, it's, that we've all seen where, where Hollywood has tried to approach a, a faith-based film, but they've wandered so far away from the source material. It's like, what will we did you did you read the Bible? I mean, did you even <laughs> you know, do you even see no rock monsters with Noah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Elliot Wallach is my guest. His movie is God of Heaven and Earth. Now we're going to take a break here in just a minute, Elliot. But I'm curious. So if I go and, and watch this movie, am I going to be watching what feels like a documentary? Is it going to feel like the episode of of uh, the Chosen? Is it going to feel like the Passion of the Christ? What is it going to feel like? You know, it, it is definitely a documentary for sure, but I hope it feels like a, a profound spiritual experience, truthfully. I think it, it, I hope it feels very different than, than uh, any documentary you, you've seen. And it's not because it approaches it like that. This is, you know, for Uncle Larry, whatever, this isn't Becky goes to Bible school or anything. This is not that way, but it's just when I think for so many of us seeing that, that star hanging on the tree, and wondering about it and all of a sudden seeing it answered to you in a way that you can fully believe and get behind. It's a, it's a different kind of experience than, and I, I love documentaries, but it's a very, I've, I've produced documentaries, but it's different than anything, you know, anything I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Now the presenter of this movie, Rick Larson, uh, has got quite a story of adversity to bring this film uh, to the big screen. Can you share some of that story? Yes, I can. I don't know if we may be taking that into the next break even. Why don't we we do that then? Yeah. We'll break now and then come back. Elliot Wallach is my guest. His movie, uh, which comes out November uh, 5th and 6th, is called God of Heaven and Earth. We'll be right back. Show with Bill Arno. 
My guest today is Elliot Wallach. He is a producer. His new movie coming out November 5th and 6th is God of Heaven and Earth. And Elliot, maybe you would give us some coaching as to, do we have to, we, we go to the theaters, the 5th and 6th, and then is, is it available to stream after that? How do, how do we yeah. view this? Yeah, well, you go to godofheavenandearth.com or godofheavenandearthfilm.com, and you can even just, you can buy your tickets right there, you know, and find it. It's a, you know, like I say, it's it's pretty, I'm astounded. I mean, it's it's a, it, odds are excellent. It's a nationwide release. Odds are excellent. It's going to have a theater near you. And then, you know, and then there will be, you know, we can't release the date yet or sure. anything like that, but yeah, but it will be available initially, you know, in DVD, and then there'll be areas where you can stream it and more yeah. and more. And yeah. uh, like I say, we're pretty, you know, we're we're excited about it, but we feel an immense responsibility, you know, to make sure that people know that this is that this is happening, that that God's word is true. Yeah, Amen. And, um, and then, like to to your question before, which I'm so glad you went to the break because it'd just be impossible to describe Rick Larson, and and you know, he's such a he's one of the one of the most remarkable people I've ever met, one of the strongest men of faith I've ever known. I mean, if you talk to him for any length of time, you could probably, you're probably going to get at least three prayers out of a mid-conversation. I love it. He's just absolutely like, just, you know, just a true man of yeah. faith. Let me just throw in for the audience that Rick Larson is the presenter of of the film that we're talking about, um, which is God of Heaven and Earth. And I guess Elliot is the producer, just so we want to hear more about what happened to Rick and and what he had to, what kind of adversity he had to deal with? Right. Well, when people watch the movie, they're going to see two different Ricks. You know, at the beginning, when Rick is presenting the evidence of the star, he, you know, he was in, um, you know, in in perfect health. He's actually quite tall. He's something like six foot six. He was one of the great trademark attorneys in the country. And then this, when he discovered this, basically, what people are going to see is literally decades in the making. You're going to see a man's very life on the screen. And after he had done, you know, after he had created so much as it related to the star of Bethlehem, he ended up having an injury and a surgery. And then he ended up getting afflicted with a, a thing called RSD. And it's basically a chronic pain condition to the degree that you and I can't even imagine. It's like the way he's described it to me, his brain is confused and it will think and go, oh, I know what's going on. I know what's going on. Your leg's on fire or you're you're slowly being lowered into a wood chipper, you know, and it's like inc- incredible, just intense agony. Hmm. And he's like, he's like, when you, when you experience like immense pain, it's like maybe somebody shouting at you in a room. For me, it's like a, a jet taken off on a, on a runway. And what's, what's incredible about that is there's two things. One, he hardly ever shares. He hardly ever says, tell, tells anybody what I'm going to share. But one is that if you can imagine you're in that kind of pain and then you go off to Israel in a 115 degree temperature to wander around the Dead Sea on crutches and you're trying to to show this immense evidence who would do this if you weren't did not passionately believe it was true you know i sometimes i feel like i'm the loop to his paul you know and, and you know because it's made me think about that a lot i mean one of the things that gave paul this credibility is the guys suffered so much you know, bit by a snake and shipwrecked you know like i think three times you know imprisoned you know ultimately killed you know Rick experiencing the pain that he has and then even watching knowing him well enough to see where he he's interprets this pain this is the weirdest thing to me he interprets the pain as as understanding Christ's love because he has pain that he would do anything to get away from and understanding that Christ experienced that kind of pain intentionally to save him and save us I, 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 it's just like I say he's remarkable 
But but the story he shared with me is after he went and shot this footage in Israel, there were a couple women there that they recognized him. And they 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 said, you know, can we can we pray for you? And they laid hands on him. He said he wasn't really used to that. And he thought that's nice. It was just kind of a nice sort of love pat. And then he went on his way. And then it was like a few months later, he's at a restaurant and this uh, college student came up to the table and he was clearly uncomfortable, didn't feel comfortable doing what he was going to do. But he just said, I'm I'm sorry, but the the Holy Spirit is telling me I need to pray for you. Is something wrong? Like he didn't even know he was sick. Oh, wow. And then it was like a couple months later, he's, I think, at a deli. And this little boy comes up to the table, like stands at attention and says, excuse me, sir, may I pray for your healing? <laughs> and amazing. And he's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And the thing is, like I say, the fact that he's he doesn't he's like very much like he wants to airtight facts, people to be compelled. But this is something I know he's OK with me sharing it. But it was like, oh, my gosh, Rick. I mean, this is amazing. Like he watches the kid go back over to his family because he wanted to go talk to his parents. He wanted to talk to his parents. His parents were agog. They had never seen him do anything like that before. He was, they weren't even supposed to be there. Like they just pulled off. They, they don't live there. They just pulled off to get some food on their journey. And this had happened. And then ultimately, I forget what he told me, but it was like, like maybe six weeks later, but it was over the course of like three days, his, his roaring jet engine pain reduced down to like normal person pain. Like, mm. like you feel like I feel Yeah, he's not cured, but it was like enough where he could, you know, function. And then that's, you know, and then that's like I say, when, when, when he approached me and then that's where he shared all this with me. And I, I just, you know, it's just like, like for me, it was almost like there's so many just odd stamps of approval, yeah. you know, with, with this whole, this whole project, even since I've got, there's been things even that, that have happened to me personally. It's just, it's really incredible. It's, it's, it's hard it, it, just aside from even the evidence, just from the things I've experienced, it would just be hard to believe that, that we literally have not discovered, you know, what is the star of Bethlehem? And like I say, and then confirmed everything you know, through this earthquake that happened in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, just even being able to prove it to a specific year, you know, it's like everybody always talks about my passion in these interviews, but I, I don't think I could help myself. Like, <laughs> like I don't, I had one this morning, like 4.30 AM. I even had my coffee, but it just, it just like, it just flies through me. I'm just so excited about it because it's like, because you really, when you see the film, you, you, you see just how precious this is even to God. You know, that, that, like I said to you before, like about an hour into the film, people are going to watch it and they're going to see this, 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 this perspective and, and, and that he put this whole thing in motion before even Adam took the bite out of the apple and broke his heart, mm -hmm. you know, that he set all of this in motion, knowing the date he was going, that, you know, that Jesus was going to die on the cross before Adam was even there to mess anything up. Elliot, I love God-sized stories. And because mm -hmm. we serve a very big God, and the story about Rick is is really one of those big God-sized stories. It's just incredible. Yeah, it, it is, and there's even there's even more to it. But it's like I've at some point, you know, we're, we we uh, we we created this thing that that we're going out with called the Edify Show, and just to kind of elevate good news stories. And I'm, I, I I got him to talk about it because it's it's so just to hear him talk about it it's you know it's so powerful i mean he's even you just see it even on his face that he's he's almost uncomfortable talking about it and it's just because you know and part of it is because the the, the poor guy i mean it's like if you when he 
he does a lot of distracting himself from the pain and then just seeing how much he's suffered through everything. And in my opinion, for everything, you know, that there's a, there's an element to this. I mean, people can, you know, like I say, people out there, you can decide what you think about spiritual warfare or any of that, but it's, it's, it's easy to believe in it, you know, with to see how much, how much this man has struggled through fighting, clawing, scratching to be able to get this information to the world. Mm-hmm. I'm talking. I'm to proud El- to be part of it. Oh, yeah. I'm talking to Elliot Wallach, his producer of the movie God of Heaven and Earth. Comes out the 5th and 6th of this month, so it's just around the corner. And you told a pretty powerful story about Rick, the presenter, but I'm curious, uh, Elliot, as to what you personally learned about your own faith while you were putting, researching, and filming this project. You know, you you kind of touched on it about the idea of that we that we serve a, a God that is like like you say, like a great God, a big God, but it's like an all powerful, infinite God. What I what I realized is that God is literally greater than infinity, mm-hmm. and the the, the astounding t- thing to me, I think, was that as, as I was looking at it and realizing that he he moved something that our our minds would see as infinite. You know, when you're talking about, about stars and planets, you know, moving around to send a message and to basically sign the sky, decorate the sky, but only for a select group of people that could even appreciate it. That's the thing. It, it's sort of like, almost like I told somebody, it makes me real feel, and especially even like I say, with my own journey with this film, is it's almost like, like it's, it shocks me that God knows my name. It's almost like when you meet a celebrity, you know, it's like, you know who I am. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's like realizing that, that, that God is interested in my own life and, and Tim's life. It's, it's funny to me how, you know, all of a sudden in my world, it's like, God is surrounding me with what I, what I kid around, but I call like these Christian black belts, you know, these people that are just hardcore committing in your faith. And like, they'll just like, when they're like, will you pray for me? And all of a sudden they are praying for you and they like are meaning it. And they're like shouting out to God and they don't care what anybody thinks. And they're like, just absolutely devout in their faith. And it's been, it's been really interesting because I, I had people like that. I mean, this is sort of personal, but in my own life group, all of a sudden I'm, I'm in with all of these like Christian black belts and then reacquainting myself with Rick. And then Rick is just so hardcore that way. I've just never known anybody so prayerful. As a matter of fact, something to mention even in the movie for people that are curious about Rick is I, you know, I actually interview him. It's bonus content that it's never been seen, but where I interview him and touch on, on some of the finer points that I've always been just curious about, you know, in the, uh, you know, in the interview process. But one of the things he brings up, and this is like, how many people you know that do this? He's had a weekly prayer group for decades, decades, Hmm. praying over this project. Wow. And I'm in, I'm in it now, like every Friday, Nice. we all get together and we just pray, pray hardcore. And, and it's like, it's like no more messing around. And it's like, he said, he's made it very clear. In fact, one of the, one of the people this has touched on them, get spoiler alert on the bonus content, but one of these guys that was in the prayer group after he experienced this um, and saw what, what Rick was doing, it was part of the Hubble telescope. Like, how about that for uncle Bob that, you know, that right. wants to see things based on fact, because who's going to know more about it than one of the guys that's working on like quality control or something for the Hubble telescope. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, you know, it's not like, you know, it's, you know, like I said, you know, you you kind of can go, oh, wow, why would God choose this person? And then you go, you know, instead of like saying astronomer, but you got this like really successful, you know, 
attorney, but it's because he was so committed to prosecuting this like airtight case that and and all evidence based. People can come up with whatever verdict they want, but the evidence they don't get to deny mm-hmm. because it's absolute fact. You know that they can go and they can look at what the, their software now. The sky is this one great celestial clock. And we can take and go, this is what the sky looked like at this particular date. And when they and when you're going to talk about the earthquake, I mean, they're literally going to see it. Again, it's just indisputable, indeniable science, you know, and and then now, you know, you know, hand, having becoming a part of this and producing it. And then just the the miraculous journey that I've had where where God, you know, plucked me from Spokane, Washington, to all of a sudden, I'm the one responsible for all the faith-based publicity for the Passion of the Christ. Now our company, Edify Films, we distribute the TV show, Wind Calls the Heart, to DVD and to um and to you know uh you know the uh merchandise mm-hmm. you know, so if you go to the windcallstheheart.com they'll see that'll that'll direct to our store and this is this this take this this means so much more to me with the exception of promoting the passion that was a big deal it's almost a tie you know than anything else because i felt like the pa- it's all about change in lives mm-hmm. right it's yeah. about impact and if you're out there and you're struggling in your faith or you know or maybe you just need some you just need some other arrows in your quiver just something to help as you're discussing with people, things that can help you give other people confidence, things, yeah. that, things that can help you be prepared, like Paul says. And especially if you're out there and you're like me and you're going, you know, I, I just don't, you know, the songs, all that, it's all yeah. good for you, but I really need some evidence. I need to be compelled through logic. Yeah. And Elliot, let's, uh, let's take a break. Come back more with Elliot Wallach. The movie is God of Heaven and Earth. You can learn more about that at God of Heaven and earthfilm.com. Be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting myfaithradio.com. If you just joined me, Elliot Wallach is my guest. He's the producer of a film coming out November 5th and 6th in theaters called God of Heaven and Earth. Please go learn about it at godofheavenandearthfilm.com. And one of the things that I find super fascinating about this is the attention to the Star of Bethlehem. And if you just think of the astronomical magnificence of this event, I can't learn enough about it. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be stunned by the information that you bring and the fact that the whole film is shot on location in Israel and the Dead Sea. Tell me what that was like. Well, you know, the, the thing with the, um, that it was super hot. I wasn't actually in Israel as, as they were filming it. That was like Rick. And when you watch it, you'll see that, you know, again, the man's like, you know, on his, on crutches and, you know, going through. Mm-hmm. And the thing with it too, is I think it's important to know that that this isn't they didn't go to Israel to be Indiana Jones I like know. they weren't discovering something unseen this evidence is out there but the thing is is that in terms of the earthquake but they never tied the two together and he wanted people to understand that w- basically what it was and see it now one of the things that's incredible is that because of the drought this immense drought that's happened in Israel I mean immense and they show it that people can actually walk up and see things that you would have had to have a submarine to get. But the other thing that's a miracle is so much of this evidence is destroyed now. 
because of the because of just erosion. And thank God that it's been captured in this film, as people will be able to see it. You know, it's you know, it's really fortuitous. And and thank God that this is a man that that you know. One of the things I know that he's talked about is he's like just when God calls you, say yes. That he hopes that that's one of the big things that people take away from this. When God calls you, see yes, say yes, and see what He does with it. I mean, think about that. He was just trying to create something for the for the select group of people in his church to hopefully strengthen his faith, and it literally took over his life. Mm. And Elliot, you again say how important movies are, and again, the most powerful art form probably ever created. And even earlier in the hour, we talked about the way in which movies like you know, the Ten Commandments and the Passion of the Christ they they get they get in your head and they never leave. They're they're always there. So this is another one of those opportunities to be transformed in a way by the compelling evidence of the the birth and the and the death and resurrection of Jesus and all the things that accompanied, like the uh, Star of Bethlehem and the earthquake that corresponded with it. Yeah. Well, the thing too, is it's going to completely redefine the star of Bethlehem for every single person that gets in that theater, because it is much more of when God literally wrote a poem for his son in the sky. And it was not just at the birth, it was literally the birth and the death. This is not, it was, it was, it was much more than just a, you know, an event that only happened, you know, everybody wants to think of it like it was, you know, the shepherds and, you know, and then this big giant bright light casting light beams down on the manger. And it was so much more than that. So much, so much, so much bigger than that when, when people see it. And for me, it is, it's just absolutely astounding. It helped me understand the sentimentality of God and, and how how big and amazing he is and what an honor too that because nobody else could have even known about this even the wise men had no idea what was going to happen beyond they didn't know when they were going to go worship this king when they were going to go worship the king of the jews what that was going to look like you know 30 some years later and then to for us to be able to look at this now through science and actually see this is what what was happening in the sky it's it's it's, it's, I'm speechless. It's amazing. When people mm. see it, it's amazing. Yeah. Question came in, and I've already lost it, but I think I remember it. Is there uh, a reference in the film to the solar eclipse that is talked about in Scripture? Yeah, I think what they're referencing would be, you mean, the the fact that the, oh, I, I know what Sky went dark. The, um, yep. You know, how... how went dark there's a reference to the there's a reference to the film i don't want to give too much away as it relates to an eclipse but people are going to see something they're going to be pretty incredibly amazed oh cool another question that came in is this a movie for me to take my lost muslim friend to see yes absolutely okay absolutely i mean because the thing is 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 this rick's presentation he's he's literally presented to a group of muslims and and it had it received really well so yeah, absolutely. I don't yeah, there first of all, anybody that that goes to this film is going to be just astounded. They they're not they may not walk away with it and all of a sudden just go head to their nearest church and give their life to the Lord, but it's definitely going to be very very interesting and it's going to be very plausible and and they're going to nobody's going to walk away from the movie and go, well, "I don't understand." It. I mean, maybe somebody will feel this way, but most people are never going to walk away. I don't understand how you could think that. That's a wow, that's a stretch. I don't see that. 
And like I say, I'm a pretty cerebral guy about this stuff. And, and for me, I'm fully and totally convinced. The evidence is, is for me, it's, it's overwhelmingly convinced me that this is the star of Bethlehem. And, you know, when you're buying a scripture and as it relates to, you know, to, you know, to Muslims, you know, they're, you know, it's not like, you know, the, the, the Muslims, as I understand, it's not like they, they think Jesus was just a guy, you know, that they, they, they believe a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So Elliot, how can we see God of heaven and earth? Just remind people who just joined in about the movie coming up on the fourth and fifth of fifth and six. Fifth and six. I'm sorry. Fifth, fifth and, and six. six. No, no, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've got more experience and practice at saying it. I bet you do. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's this Sunday and Monday. So okay. it's this November 5th and 6th. Just go to godofheavenandearth.com and then you can just, just click on the showing that works for you and then you can just get your tickets right mm -hmm. there. And then you can also keep an eye on us as we go forward. Just go to edifyfilms.com. And, uh, you know, and then people, you know, people will be able to know what, where this movie is going to be beyond the theatrical, but I highly encourage everybody. First of all, I think it's important to support, you know, even the distributor support the theater, you know, just for putting something like this in the theater. No kidding. Which I think it's important. Yeah. And I think it's just such an, you know, why do we even go to the movies? I mean, everybody's got like a home entertainment scene. And the reason is, is because we want to experience things with each other. It's a perfect environment just to have your life group, to have maybe your unsaved friends, have your safe friends. It's just a perfect experience. That's why we go mm -hmm. to have everybody doing it. And then they, be ready for some awesome conversation. Love it. Whether you're going to have coffee and dinner afterwards. Love I, I, it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Elliot, for uh, coming on the show. I know you've got a very busy schedule right now, and I appreciate all the time you gave me. Oh, I love it. I had, had a great time. Appreciate it. I'd love you. to be thank, back sometime. Thank you so much. Elliot Wallach has been my guest. The movie is God of Heaven and Earth. It's an event, so you want to make sure you get on the ball November 5th and 6th. You can learn more about it at the website, godofheavenandearthfilm.com. Godofheavenandearthfilm.com. Running time is one hour and 43 minutes. Sounds like a perfect amount of time to be in the theater. All right, we'll take a little break, and we'll be right back with Hour 2. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.